You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Welcome all those watching online. Hi, Rich family. Would you welcome them from all over the world? These guys are watching in this morning. I apologize for hiccups on Facebook. They were uh, demonically driven this morning and they were trying to cut us off. But we are back online and we're glad that you're here. I want to say hello to all our friends. We got some friends in Merkel, friends watching from Mineral Wells. We have friends watching uh, from Wisconsin. Yes, from Wisconsin today. I think it's the first time that we had that, but I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that because you said I never mentioned you. Uh, friends watching from South Carolina, so hey, we're welcome. We're, we're welcoming you. We're glad that you're here. And uh, we think that God's going to do something special for you, even from the comfort of your own home, while the rest of us were holy enough to get here because we love Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm glad that you're tuning in. Grab your Bibles if you would. We've got a brand new series starting this week called Before the Win. Before the Win. As we're turning over to Romans chapter 8. I want to give you a couple of things that I think are important. Uh, number one, Beast Feast is coming up. Hey, men, you ought to give me a woo. Come on. It's going to be awesome. I think that you should be here. If you are a man, if you're born a man, if you identify as a man, Beast Feast is for you. We've also got Mother's Day coming up next week. If you forgot about that, uh, just in case you forgot, we got you, my friend. We have some Mother's Day cards that can be located in our bathroom, and nobody has to know. It's our gift to you. Your tithe money bought that to help you out on a day like today, because the Lord knows. So I'm glad that you're, I'm glad that you're here. Also, we have baptisms heading up. Uh, that's happening at the end of third service today. So if you need to get baptized, if you're like, hey, I should probably get baptized, today is your day, boo-boo. We are gonna get you baptized today. So we have extra shorts, extra T-shirts. We've got towels for you. We've got everything but your excuse. So we're gonna, you guys got real quiet. We're gonna get you baptized. You need to get baptized today. If you haven't done that, be Baptize. What doth hindereth you? <laughs> we want to see you get baptized. It's important. It's important in your faith walk. So that's going to happen third service today. We've got a lot of people getting baptized, um, and we have room for you. We have extra stuff just for days like today when you're people that plan to fail and fail to plan, <laughs> however you say it. We, were, we are happy to help you. So uh, Baptism Sunday is happening today. Also, if you got a copy of the Greater Than book, and if you liked it, we would love for you to see, uh, we'd love for you to Join us on Amazon by giving us a good review. If you didn't like it, shut your mouth. Nobody cares. I'm not listening to you. Um, but if you give it a good review on Amazon, then what happens is it, it, the algorithm helps to put it in front of a lot more people that can get the message of what's happening there. And also understand that none of the money raised from that goes back to me. I don't see a penny of that. It all goes to help this church to pay off this building. So if you want to help us financially, give us a good Amazon review. It helps us. So we're going to uh, believe that as this book goes out, it's going to help a lot of people find Jesus and uh, pay for this building. Come on, somebody. Yeah. My Bible says the wealth of the wicked stored up for the righteous, and so we're going to... Right. <laughs> <laughs> that actually is a scripture, but shouldn't be used in that context. But hey, we do what we've got to do. So uh, Romans chapter 8. Here's a couple things we're going to do today as we get into before the win. Uh, one of the things that we do is we use the word win in, in our uh, high-rich culture. The word win means let's celebrate the good things that God is doing. And I think this is critical in the lives of believers to focus on the positive, focus on the things that God is doing, bring God glory, bring him praise, uh, make sure that you, that you tell him thank you for all the wonderful things that he's doing. Just a grateful heart will do wonders for every area of your life. That's a big deal. 
And so we celebrate wins. If you're in a group, uh, even in our worship, we always talk about what God's doing because it matters that we turn our hearts to become uh, grateful for God's goodness. Um, but uh, there is a step beyond that called before the win where the struggle is happening. There's the struggle before the win. Now, if you watch any great sports movie, you're gonna have that, that awesome moment at the end where you, you finally see the win, but what helps that win to become better is when you understand the story of what happened before, right? And so what we've gotten out of in the practice of our American version of Christianity is your testimony doesn't need to be told. The church will just share their testimony. We'll bring people to Jesus. You just come and invite your friends. But that's not biblical, the Bible says they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. So I challenged you last week to begin to share your story. If you've never written down your story of how you met Jesus or how God began to change your life or miracles that happened, it's important for you as a believer to start the process, to get yourself used to sharing your story. And so as leaders, it's important for us to go first. So I get to do this uh, every Sunday for the past six years or so. I get to stand up here and share with you parts of my story. Um, and now we're gonna take it a little step farther and share with you the before the wind stories from our staff and from our leaders. So over the next few weeks in this series, we're gonna show you um, videos that they've put together to help kind of give you some insight on what, uh, what, what you didn't know. So the tagline for our series is, you see the glory, you don't know the story. Right. And if it rhymes, it must be true. Johnny Cochran taught us that. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you have no idea what that is, and you're really not going to have any idea what this is. Um, <laughs> so one of, the, one of the coolest things that happened in, in between the 80s and 90s is a show called MTV. MTV launched, and when it launched, it did something crazy. It actually showed music. I know it doesn't show it now, but there was actual music videos that changed everything for the lives of some of these Gen Xers like myself. It was a big deal. Video killed the radio star, launched, and everybody was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Now... They somehow got demon-possessed and decided to go off into their own programming. But then in response to that, VH1 launched and began to show actual music. So people moved over to VH1 that were really about the music. And then VH1 put out the greatest show that they've ever put out called Behind the Music. Somebody say amen. Yeah. Behind the Music. You have no idea what I'm talking about if you're you know, underneath the age of 30. That's okay. We're going to learn you today. VH1 had Behind the Music, and Behind the Music wouldn't just show you the bands that you liked, but it would show you their journey, and sometimes the journey was about the literal band journey. Sometimes it was about people that you weren't quite sure what their story was or how they came to be these huge rock superstars or pop superstars, but you got to see their story. You got to see the struggle. You got to see where it all began. You got to see the tension and the things that they had to fight through as a band to get to the place where they could stand in front of people and, and receive all the accolades and the things that come with being a superstar. Superstars. Now, if you've never seen VH1's Behind the Music, then you, you missed out on some important trivia. Because we wanted to know the story, the real story behind Millie Vanilli. <laughs> if you don't know that real story, I'm going to say it, it's worth a look-see. You'll realize that what you thought was Millie Vanilli ain't Millie Vanilli at all. Um, we learned some crazy stuff about like Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses, you know, the bands back in the day, the hair bands when music was good. Auto-tune, whatever. You used to actually have to be able to sing. You used to be able to play. We learned that the song Sweet Emotion, that the Shakers track on that, on that song was actually done by a sweet little packet. Did you know that? You would have if you'd have watched Behind the Music. You would have. We learned that Slash from Guns N' Roses died, and they had to bring him back to life. He has a pacemaker, and so he can't go through the metal detectors at an airport because he'll drop dead. That's important information to know if you're ever on a plane with, with Slash. 
you, you, you should have watched behind the music. It's important for us as believers to let people into the struggle. And there's something that I think we miss when we continually come to church and pretend like everything's okay. When we only celebrate the wins, but we don't get honest about the losses and the story. Let me say it this way so you can make sure that you remember it. We make fans with our wins, but we become family through sharing the losses. And so I'm gonna give you a couple of things that I think are really important for us to understand as we're dealing with uh, this focus this week. We're gonna talk about being the hot, behind the wind, being the before the wind in the context of spiritual abuse. What happens when the church hurts you? Now I found myself speaking to this more and more and more uh, in the past probably five years than I've ever spoken to it in, in my life. I don't hear messages talked about spiritual abuse. We'd like to ignore it in the church and pretend that it doesn't happen, uh, but... It does, it does. And it carries a lot more weight than I think many of us realize. It affects every area of our lives. Um, church hurts just sting different. And when you, when you think about the pain, the painful parts of moment, that we, uh, painful moments of life that we have to walk through, um, and you're trying to compare it, what does it feel like when, you, when you've had to walk through spiritual abuse or church hurt or you've had to leave your church because of an offense or because somebody hurt you? Uh, what does that compare to in, in other kinds of, of pain? And I think it's most like divorce. Because in a divorce, when it, when it gets messy and uh, when people know, then you have this whole gossip thing that's going on around you and then people start choosing sides and you never really hear the other person's side of the story. You only hear the side of the story that you kind of want to hear. You have to choose between different friend groups of this person sides with this one. Now they're my friend and that was your friend and this is our church and now it's your church and I go here because I can't go there because she went here and her ex-husband went here and now I have different people I can't talk to and it just, it gets nuts really quickly. And we have to be honest with the fact that most of our church didn't start here, but you came here from somewhere else. Now, some of those churches were great churches. Some of them, uh, you left at a healthy place. You transitioned, and God, maybe God moved you here, and you're like, I came out of a great church, and I'm walking to another great church. But by and large, most of us are here because something happened. And if you don't deal with what happened, you're not gonna get healthy. So what do we do? How do we process through that? I think we need to share our struggles. But I also think it's important to not just make assumptions. And this is critical for you to hear. Please, please hear this. I don't assume that just because someone came from another church because they were hurt, that the church was wrong. I only hear your side. You can't make assumptions that just because someone came from a church and they say something bad about it, that this person's telling the truth. I don't do that. I just say, okay, God, this person is here. How do I help them deal with their issue? That church is not my responsibility. But sometimes churches have to correct people. A good church should correct people. Now, the method of correction is a lot like disciplining children. There's a fine line between discipline and abuse. And who gets to say what that line is? Thankfully, we have God's word. We know how to bring grace and truth together. That doesn't mean that people are gonna like it. But nevertheless, we will leave churches. We will come up out from underneath uh, one spiritual authority, walk into another one, and if we're not healed, we're gonna bring the same issues to the next church as the ones we just came out of. 
And then we say stuff like, how could this just keep happening to us over and over, not realizing the issue is right here. I've never healed from this because I don't want people to see me vulnerable. I don't want to share my story. I don't want to allow myself to become open and honest and vulnerable ever again. Now, we see this happening in divorces and marriages, and we would speak to people like, you can't, you, you got to trust them. You got to love again. You got to get back up on the horse. You got to try. But when it comes to church, it's like, oh, man, throw all that out. It's okay to say amen. We're here. Let's be honest. We just walked through seven weeks of let's be honest. We can be honest here. Church hurt stings different. You lose things like your usefulness, like a serving outlet. You lose your sense of purpose. You lose friend groups. You lose your support system. You lose your spiritual foundation. You might even lose your faith. There's a reason why hashtag deconstruction is a big deal right now. Because it is an epidemic among Christianity. We have to get healthy. And we have to help others get healthy too. This is our call as believers. It's our mandate. It's the spirit of the age. You better get good at it. It's not going to end. It doesn't just go away. So if we're, if we're dealing uh, with spiritual abuse and, and spiritual authority, with church hurts, I think it's important. I'm going to show you two different things that are really critical in order to help us get healthy and help others get healthy. And the first thing is this. If you're a note taker, you might want to write this down. All spiritual authority is not corrupt just because some spiritual authority is. Now, we know this to be logical and true in every other profession and with every other product, with every other business, with every other thing on display, we recognize that, of course, that's right. Just because I got salmonella from chicken at this restaurant doesn't mean that all chicken is going to make me sick. Just because I had gas station sushi doesn't mean that it's all going to make me sick if I go to a place that's not a gas station, right? Just because... This church hurt me does not mean I have to throw out my relationship with God. Just because somebody did something stupid, which might have been me, does not mean that Jesus is not real. That doesn't mean that God's word is false. It doesn't mean that there's no hope for the church. That's not what that means. But yet we see this happening in the lives of believers all the time because I get hurt by a church, I will throw all of it out and walk away from my relationship with God. I will lose my effectiveness. And in that moment, the enemy is one because we are sitting around doing nothing with the call that God has on our lives. I'm here to help you today. It's important that we understand how to deal with bad church. All spiritual authority isn't corrupt just because some is. Let me say it this way. There are good and bad versions of everything except bacon. (laughs) And I will fight. (laughs) There's good and bad versions of all of it. Um, I served uh, served in in a ministry as an intern or as a young pastor underneath three pastors that were not just um, bad, but in a lot of ways were evil. Evil. Now, I served underneath a couple that were fantastic one that was really, really good. Pastor Jeff has become my spiritual father. And the moment that I sat down with him and heard him begin to pastor me, I thought to myself, I want to be like you. I, I want a track record like your track record. And the models that I've had have been not just bad models, but evil. The things that they were doing in their life, the things that were happening underneath the current were illegal, immoral, unethical, very much unbiblical, but projected as I'm spiritual authority, I can do what I want. This is my house, this is my kingdom. 
wow. And that's what I was taught. It takes a lot to deconstruct from that and find something that's right and say, this, this is better. This leaves a track record where people aren't hurt. But they're getting better. They're getting healed. But I had to come to the realization that just because some spiritual authority was really corrupt, that doesn't mean it all is. But I have to learn to chew the meat and spit out the bones. I have to learn to figure out the things that are right and good and take the things that are bad and say, I can't be a part of that. You're gonna stand before the Lord and get judged for that, but you're not bringing me down with you. I'm not doing that. I'm responsible for my own walk with Christ. And so as we're looking at this, I was, I was just drawn through the book of, of First and Second Chronicles. And by the way, if you're reading through the Bible at any point, you're gonna get to this book and, and you're gonna be really tempted to say, and skip. Because it just gives a list of names and histories and dates and you're like, ah, let me get to anything that will help me. Let me just tell you this. It lists 40 different kings of Israel and Judah. And it lists all their accomplishments, the things that they did and the things that they didn't do. And at the end of all the things that they accomplished, it just gives one single statement. They either did what was right in the eyes of the Lord or they did what was evil. And out of 39 kings of Israel and Judah, it says 33 did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. It says five did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. Look at those odds. And by the way, of those five that did what was right, one of them was David. It also lists two that it says they did what was right in the eyes of the Lord until the very end when they fumbled on the one yard line. They almost made it to the place where they finished well and fell apart. And if we look at those odds and just apply that over to our churches today, we could, we could very easily make a case that there's probably a lot more bad than good. But even in the midst of bad leadership, even in the midst of bad kings and kingdoms that we see over Israel and Judah, God still raised up prophets and still raised up warriors, and still raised up people that would fear his name and revere him. He still raises up people like Elijah and Elisha to do what he had called them to do in spite of bad leadership. This is important for us to see because we will use bad leadership as an excuse to walk away from God and to stop doing what God has called us to do. That is not you. It's not you. Romans 8 tells us this, that we know that in all things... God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. So my job is to love the Lord with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I'm not depending on what you're doing. I'm being led by the Spirit of God. I'm gonna serve with all my heart as unto the Lord. This makes sense? And by the way, when Paul is mentioning this in Romans chapter eight, he's also doing this in the context of a chapter that talks about our present sufferings. The hardcore things we're having to walk through. He said, God still works it out for my good. Because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. It doesn't matter what they do. I'm not responsible for them. They're going to stand before the Lord and give an account for it. But so am I. Let me say it this way. God's purposes for my life do not rise and fall on the morals and poor decisions of other people. And I can't use them as an excuse. Here's the second thing I want to make sure that we understand as we're not only getting healthy ourselves, but helping other people to get healthy that are very, very hurt. Here's the second truth I want to give you. Number two, church dysfunction does not negate the call of God. Church dysfunction does not negate the call 
of God. Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 11, he says, for the gifts and the calling of God are, somebody say the next word with me. Say the word. Irrevocable. Not able to be revoked. Can't be thrown away. In spite of all that we're having to walk through, what God has called me to do, what he's gifted me to do, it's irrevocable. You know, the church is imperfectly perfect in spite of its flaws and failures. The capital C, church, is still going to accomplish God's purpose in spite of bad leadership and some weirdos and some morons, some evil people, in spite of its dysfunction. Let me say this. The church is a family, and all families are dysfunctional, including yours. You've got your issues you've had to fight through. I've got mine. We also know this about families, brothers and sisters. What do we do? Fight. Because we're family, and because you're a Christian, you have to forgive me. Because you're a believer, you have to show me grace. The Bible says you have to. And brothers and sisters will fight. Like You will tell things to your brothers and sisters that you wouldn't say to your worst enemy. But because we're brothers and sisters, we'll say hurtful things because we can no, just my brothers and sisters, am I the only dysfunctional person here? We just did seven weeks of Let's Be Honest in the series. We're trying to be honest. We're in the trust tree. Come on. All families are dysfunctional. There are no perfect churches. If the church was perfect, the moment that you walked in here, you'd have screwed it up for all of us. If this was a perfect church, the moment that I walked in here, I would have screwed it up for all of us. I am not perfect. Neither are you. It's made up of imperfect people. And imperfect people... When attacked by the enemy, when giving into sin, will do many foolish things that will hurt believers like no other. I'm not above that, and neither are you. The Word of God says, take heed lest you fall. So instead of pointing fingers at foolish churches, let's say, God, help me from becoming that. Help me. Help me to focus on health. Help me to be honest about where I am with you. One of the ways that we can be honest is by sharing our story, not just the glory. You know, back in the day, we used to have a testimony service. Now, testimony service is just a, a Christian version of open mic night. <laughs> and uh, it was a great time. We could share testimonies of the goodness of the Lord, as long as the church is pretty small and you know everybody. But once the church starts getting bigger, you throw an open mic night, like, hey, I don't know this sister. And she gets up there and starts doing stuff like naming names. And you're like, <laughs> she, she gets, we call it three beers, too intimate. Like, mm, she's, meemaw, hey, don't describe it. We, that's too much. This is church. Come on, you ever been a part of that? You've been there. You've seen it. Open mic night, which, by the way, is also just another way of saying the pastor was too tired to put anything together. It's a, it's a thing. Like, oh, let's just pass the microphone around. We'll have open mic night. Because I had a long week and went to a Ranger game. Like, <laughs> open mics. No, I, I want to make sure that you understand this. I, I still believe that the healthy church is the hope of the world, and there is no plan B. It's us. It's up to us to take responsibility for our spiritual health, to be honest, to embrace it, and say, Lord, I'm going to share my story. I'm going to share the testimony of what you've done for me, even if it's ugly and messy. It's, it's my story, and I'm in process. I'm learning. I'm growing. I'm going to get better. I'm not going to be any better by denying the fact that it's happening. We rely on each other to get stronger. 
This is the church. You still with me? So I found that um, when, when you think about the gifts and the calling of God being irrevocable or without repentance, your Bible may say, I found this to be true, that I can't rely on somebody else's failings to, to tell me what God's called me to do. But we'll do it all the time. As a matter of fact, you can't, I, I've, had to, I've had to tell myself, they can't take this from me because they didn't give it to me. There was no spiritual authority that gave me my calling. This is, my calling's from the Lord. The giftings that he's given me, those are from the Lord. You can't take those from me. It's not yours to take. You didn't give this. It's given by the Lord. So I'll say this. I've said this before. I'll say it again, but just the way that you can understand it. Um, don't quit your job because somebody else was bad at theirs. That's a word for somebody. Don't quit just because somebody else is bad at theirs. Lots of people are bad at what they do. I don't help you none. You focus on you. And so as we talk about... Um, Getting honest, being open before the Lord, sharing our story. Um, today we get to do our very own version of VH1's Behind the Music. And uh, I want to give a chance to see uh, a powerful story from my very own worship leaders, Pastor Chris and Julie, as they share the heart of what it felt like working underneath spiritual abuse and uh, dealing with the fallout of, of fraud and illegal things and hurts and pain that they had to walk through to be able to even stand up here on this platform and lead you in worship. And so please turn your attention to the screen and we're gonna let them share their story today. I'm Chris and this is my beautiful wife, Julie. Uh, we lead worship at High Ridge Church. Um, we have three wonderful, beautiful children and uh, we just love, love doing ministry. From a young age, I knew that I was called to be in ministry. And so when I graduated high school, I went to a Bible school in Dallas. And I didn't know it, but all the way up in Pennsylvania, this guy felt the same way. And one thing led to another. And our last semester at the school, we started dating. While I was there, I met a, a dynamic pastor. Um, and then he invited me to lead worship for uh, his home church. Mm -hmm. um, I lived with them for a time. They really just uh, felt like family to me. Our last semester, they invited both of us uh, to do full-time ministry in Guatemala. My whole heart and my whole life had felt like it had built up to this moment, to say yes to God, to say yes to this opportunity. And so I was very excited. I had no reason not to trust God and not to trust the people that I was going with, that this was gonna be an exciting adventure a great exploit for the Lord. For me, uh, you know, I felt extremely honored um, that they would invite me. Um, you know, them being like family to me, I felt um, felt that desire to stay connected with them. Mm -hmm. There was also this kind of a little bit of fear and apprehension about going, and so, like for me, I I think I was a little bit immature to to know the difference between like fear and discernment from the Lord. And so my thought on it was like, you know what, I, I, I'm, I'm a little bit fearful, but you know what, I'm just gonna face my fears, do this big, huge move and just follow, follow the Lord. So in June of 07, we packed up everything and we drove to Guatemala to do full-time ministry, uh, doing conferences 
and starting a church, and Julie and I's role was to be the worship leaders. The leader that we went with was a very strong personality. He was what you would call a typical alpha male. Um, he had very strong spiritual gifts, and I think that he had a malformed understanding of what spiritual authority was. Um, he tended to say things like, I'm your spiritual father, so you need to do what I want you to do. Um, he also had a very singular way of looking at things. And if you didn't fit the mold that he was looking, you to, looking for you to fit, which namely for him was very dynamic communicator on a platform, that you could preach really well, that you could um, think on the fly, um, and um, that was what he was looking for. And one person that does not fit that mold perfectly, that specific mold is my husband, Chris. When you put that comparison into this situation where things were so intense um, and there was immaturity there, I, I don't know how, and it breaks my heart to say it, but for some reason, Chris became the target of a lot of unfair comparison, a lot of hurtful criticism, um, and I, I watched his confidence be taken away um, in his gifts and in who he was as a person. So I was constantly feeling like um, I wasn't measuring up, um, that my the things that God had made me to be, be my personality um, was majorly flawed. Um, I felt like there were um, just uh, questions of, of who I was as a man. Just felt like at, at moments, like, do I have a relationship with the Lord? My innocence was lost towards um, the trustworthiness of spiritual leaders. And so when I was hearing him systematically tear Chris down with his words, it felt like I was doing something wrong when I one night sat Chris down and told him the opposite. I started speaking life into him. And, and I think that might be an indicator of spiritual abuse, the fact that Somehow that felt like I was betraying a leader by telling my future husband words of life, that I was speaking words of life over him. Things started to fall apart pretty quickly, um, and there was more fallout from um, our leader than just what was happening to Chris. Um, a marriage fell apart. Um, a local loan officer lost their job because he borrowed money and never paid it back. And by the beginning of December, Chris and I realized that we needed to go home. Really the most important thing, uh, us coming back, was getting connected to a vibrant, um, faith-filled community where we could be encouraged, uh, where we could just feel the mercy and the grace from, mm -hmm. from those uh, people that have uh, gone through um, life uh, as well um, and that we could continue to serve. We needed to pull apart what we had just been through and really sort it out. And um, the fact that he brought us here to this church was such a safe place. 
Um, my best friend's dad was the pastor, and I couldn't have picked a person who was more opposite in personality from the leader we had been under. And it started to restore some of my trust in spiritual leadership. Um, also, over the course of a few months, I was still kind of raring to go. Like my plan was for us to come home, get married, and go back to Dallas where all the action was happening and go get a big worship leading job. But I didn't understand the process of healing that God needed us to have, but he did. In his grace and mercy, he did. So a pivotal moment in my healing process through all of this, um, my uh, former leader had emailed me shortly after us coming back from Guatemala. Um, and he was uh, wanting to restore relationship with me and um, basically saying, hey, I'm sorry if I, if I hurt you in, in anything that happened um, uh, as, as your leader. And so there were three things that I did. Uh, first of all, I uh, thanked him for all the great things that happened because there were amazing times. Um, I also uh, forgave him for, for the hurt and the, the, the pain that he caused in my life. And then I also released him as my spiritual covering, as my spiritual leader. So things are a lot different now. Uh, we're in a good place where we have a pastor over us, Pastor Tim, who um, he cares deeply about me as a person. He values relationship, but he also challenges me uh, to be the best leader that I can. And it comes with having health um, with my relationship with the Lord, health with my family, with Julie and with my children, um, and also health with the people that I serve. Spiritual abuse is not a death sentence to your faith. And it wasn't a good enough reason for me not to continue to walk in my calling. I thought if my innocence was lost, that I would lose my passion and my love for God and love for serving Him. But that's the power of the cross and that's the power of redemption that Jesus brings is He restores our innocence. He healed my heart. <laughs> and the body of Christ and being connected to believers and thank God, amazing pastors since that time that have helped me restore that trust have helped me to heal. And now I get to lead worship for the greatest church in the world. I get to serve with my husband. We now have more wisdom, more discernment, more understanding of how important it is to lead with integrity and with care and with humility. And also just choosing not to be afraid that if he was with us during that time, then if we go down a path today that's unknown and, and difficult, that God's gonna be with us. and. I'm more excited now about the next 30 years of my life than I was when I came out of Bible school, knowing that if God was faithful then, He's gonna be faithful to us and to His kingdom and to His church way beyond our lives here on earth. I want to give you a chance to respond to kind of what you've just heard and, uh, and to listen to the Holy Spirit about what he's saying to you. Maybe you have, uh, maybe you have some church hurt, some things that you're working through. Um, I, think, I think today is a good day for you to start the process of healing. Um, you need this. It's good for you.
Maybe for you, it's not about church hurt at all, but there's some other wounds that are kind of coming up when people have lied to you, said things about you behind your back, maybe things that were done without you knowing, people that you trusted. Um, Today's a good day for some healing. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? If you're watching online, would you take a moment? I want to invite you to join in with us by simply saying a prayer. And the prayer is this, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Are there areas of my heart that you want to heal? Is there a forgiveness issue that needs to happen? Is there something that you're saying that I need to respond to today? Because as a believer, I want to be led by your spirit. I want to find healing. And I believe that today is my day. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray for you. How many of you would say, by the simple lifting of your hand, there's some things the Holy Spirit wants me to get healing from today? Can I just see you all over this place? Is it speaking? Is he, yes, 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 yes. He's speaking to you. If you're watching online, say, that's me. Good. I'm going to pray over you. And by the way, at the end of this service, I'm going to invite our elders and their wives, some of our staff, they're going to be right here at the front. They're going to be available to have an extended time of prayer with you and to help you take a step today. That's the point of us sharing our stories is to help you find some healing as well. So Father, right now, there are so many people that have lifted hands and responded to the word that has come out today. Lord, we need help. We've walked through times of unhealth and abuse. We've walked through unforgivable things. At least they seemed unforgivable at the moment. Lots of pain, issues, heartaches, worry, anxiety, and stress, and loss, and things that we tried to distance from, and things that we just felt like we couldn't distance from. Lord, your people come to you today flawed and hurt, scarred and wounded, but we know that you are the great physician. You're the healer, and you can do all things. So, Lord, we ask that you would come and begin the process of healing so that we could be your hands and feet extended to others that need it so desperately. In Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, perhaps you're here today and you're saying, you know what, Pastor? I honestly just need to come back to Jesus. Maybe you've never had a relationship with the Lord or maybe you've been away from God and you need to come home. If that's you today, I want to invite you to take a step of faith and I'm not going to embarrass you or single you out in any way, but today is your day. I want to help you just like somebody helped me one time. I want to help you by leading you in a prayer. If you want a relationship with Jesus, if you need to come back to him, this moment is for you. Would you pray this prayer with me? You can do it out louder in your heart. It doesn't matter. The most important thing is that you believe it. The prayer goes like this. Pray with me. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe you came, died, rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for my sins. I invite you to come into my heart. Forgive me. Save me. Give myself to you right now in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was you and you say, Pastor, I actually did that, I prayed that prayer. Just give me a quick wave all across this place if you would. That was me. Good, good, good. Good, I see you up there in the balcony. I see you too. Good for you.
good for you. My friend, I'm so proud of you. If that was you and you're willing to take not just this step of faith, but maybe the next one, if you're watching at home and you prayed that prayer with us, and do me a favor, I wanna challenge you to take the next step. It's by sending me a text. There's a number appearing on your screen right now. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. And if you'll text the words, I prayed, we're gonna send you some links to some things that will help you understand what just happened in your heart and what to do next. It would be our great pleasure to help you walk out this process to get closer to the Lord. It's a beautiful journey, and we'd love to be a part of that with you. I'm proud of you. Good for you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would to stand to your feet. As we finish up today, I'm gonna have our elders and wives that are gonna come here and be available as this service ends to pray for you. If you're watching online and you enjoyed uh, this message, if you feel like there are friends around you that need to be able to start the process of healing from church hurt or from spiritual abuse, hey, we wanna tell you that it's okay to not be okay. It's not okay to stay there. We wanna help you. So would you do us a favor? Would you share this message on any social media platform that you're on? Share the message with your platform. And I believe that if you do that, that God will use this message to bring a lot of health and hope and healing to people that are stuck. And it's a good thing. Awesome. Let me pray for you and bless you as we go. Father, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for your word. It brings life. It brings health. It brings hope and strength. I pray that you bless my friends with an incredible week following after you, walking in health all week long. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.